Welcome to Career View. This is the podcast where we ask questions you want to know when it comes to pursuing a career path. I'm your host, Nirija Shamal, and each episode I will ask questions on behalf of students across the country from secondary schools and universities what they want to know when it comes to pursuing their dream job. For today's episode, I'll be asking top questions that have been submitted by students on our CareerView website who are interested in a career as a chef. So joining me today is Chef Mitch Terry, who is currently working at one of the top restaurants at the Pan Pacific Hotel. Mitch openly shares the honest truth about the challenges of pursuing and working as a chef, while also explaining the rewards that come with it. This is a really good listen for any aspiring chef out there. So let's hear from him. And we're here for another episode on Career View. Mitch, Terry, so great to have you here as our first chef on our podcast. And um, how's everything going? Yeah, good. It's good to be here. Fun. Great, great. And Mitch, before we jump into our top questions that are asked by students, when it comes to pursuing a career path of a chef, first question that I have for you that I would like to know is, did you always wanted to become a chef? Was this something that growing up in school, this was something that you wanted to do as a career path? Personally, it sort of came on me like later on, but I guess there was always like an inkling as I was always working in hospitality. There was always that sort of little bit of maybe I could do this, maybe I can't, but I tried other things and then sort of worked my way back to it. Fantastic. And when did that click? Like at what age was that for you? Uh, I think it was about 24. Wow. Okay. So quite a bit of time from high school to working in different kinds of jobs and at 24, realizing this is something you wanted to do. How was the feeling at the time? It was kind of like a bit of a risk. Like I didn't know what I was going to be getting into, but like I had friends that were in it. They kind of like helped me along, gave me opportunities, let me meet people that I could sort of Mm. like learn from and mentor from. And that kind of really pushed me in good directions. Fantastic. No, great to hear, Mitch. And jumping into our top questions now that we have for you, when it comes to a career pathway of a chef, the first question that we have for you is, what does a typical day look like? So uh, it'll change for every chef depending on where you're working and what your hours are kind of like. But for myself, I'll probably come in about 11 or 12, depending on how much prep I need to do. Yeah, during the day. Yeah, Yeah, during the day. We'll get through the big jobs like my proteins or my baking or anything and then finish up with the small jobs before we start our like pre-service, which will be our like little jobs just before our service period where we serve the food. That'll probably be maybe just like heating things up a little bit so right. we're kind of ready. We have like a bit of a buffer in case we get slammed with a million orders at once, which does happen. Yeah, <laughs> it does, yeah. It does, yeah. And then, um, yeah, we kind of just clean up after we're done and hmm. – set the orders, make sure we've got everything. We understand what we're doing the next day, like prep lists are done, orders are done. Yeah, That's it. What does the big jobs entail? And then what does the small jobs entail? Is that all prep work that you're doing? And what does that exactly look like? It'll kind of depend on what you're doing. Like where I was working once before, we were doing a lot of fermenting. So at the start of the week, we'd start fermenting things that would take two, three days. Wow. So we'd put that on first. So then it'd be ready by the end of the week for when we're doing our service. But Our bigger jobs could be like, say we're dehydrating something that'll dehydrate four hours. You'll need to put that on first, otherwise it's not going to be ready. If you're baking something for an hour, you might as well put that on first so then you can do other jobs at the same time. Just like trying to be efficient and 
not so much multitask, but like working automatically. Yeah, right. And very clinical in that. No, that's interesting. So 11 o'clock you start. What time do you finish? And um, what is your sleeping schedule like then? It really depends on how busy we are in the night. Sometimes we'll finish at nine. So I get like a good eight hours. But then if we're pretty busy, I'll be there till 10, 1030, sometimes 11. Right. Like it's long hours, but I mean, it, you just kind of keep going yeah. and you're passionate. And if you're passionate about it, it's just like, that's what the, that's what the job is. Yeah. And you just embrace it. Yeah. Great to know, Mitch. Moving on to our next question that we have for you asked by students is what qualifications are required to work as a chef? So to be a chef, you need to have a certificate three in commercial cookery. And you can get that just by studying for a year, any TAFE. And to actually have a trade certificate as a chef, you have to do an apprenticeship where you work for three years while doing the Cert 3. And then by the time you finish, you're then like legally a certified chef. Right. Okay, so that is mandatory to get that legal qualification there. There is no other method in terms of being qualified as a chef. Mm, Right. And you went through TAFE, you went through the whole process. How did you find that experience? It's a long three years, I'll be honest, but I've had a really good time. I mean, there's ups and downs. There's definitely been a lot of downs as well, but went like pushing through and I haven't regretted it like one bit. Yeah. And what was so difficult about it? What was some of the downs just out of interest? Uh, just depends on where you're working. Mm. You, there are some, there are some difficult people you can work with. Right. I mean, you get, I mean, any workplace, you get great people, you get bad people. Yeah. And it's just in a kitchen when everyone it's service and it's really busy. Yeah. Everyone's sort of bad side, bad side comes, comes out. out. Yeah. yeah. Right. A really stressful situation. I mean, I'm going to, because I'm not from this world and I always think of kitchen nightmares, right? A really tense situation. (laughs) Gordon Ramsay really yelling at everyone and everyone's running around like crazy. Is it similar like that or is that just on the the TV? It can get like that, but most of the time it's not. Okay. It just depends. That's obviously very important for our listeners out there. TAFE is required and those courses that you mentioned. It definitely helps. Doing an apprenticeship helps a lot more than just doing a Cert 3 in cookery because you actually understand the way work goes whereas if you just do the cert three and jump straight into chefing you're going to be trying to catch up right how did you know that that was the right way to go i had friends that were chefs and they just said look that's the better way to do it simple as that no great advice once again important for our listeners out there the apprenticeship does have tremendous value in terms of in getting that work experience yeah it's funny with mitch with all roles Everything comes down to the fact that qualifications, learning theoretically, the content is one thing, but really getting hands-on work experience, being in the place, in the environment, learning how to use and do everything is so important with all kinds of different careers. So it's great to hear that from your end as well, how important that is, especially how hands-on your everyday kind of tasks are. Exactly. I mean, there's still things I'm learning to this day, so... Fantastic. Jumping on to our next question that we have for you, Mitch, is how did you decide what specialization as a chef you wanted to be? So it's kind of more my mentors where they were kind of pushing me and what they kind of thought I'd be good at. But at the moment, I kind of think I specialize a bit in more vegan dietaries and fermenting vegetables and products like that. Mm. I also have a bit of a specialization in Spanish and Peruvian cuisine, but it's very early days with those ones. Okay. Yeah. But It's more like personal progress and trying to push myself to understand those a bit better. So how do you do that? Is that within your current job you can explore that or do you explore that on the side? And are these really strong passions for you, these specific fields? It's a bit of both. Like I've worked a little bit with vegan chefs. Mm. So that really helped. 
and that kind of piqued my interest. And then I've worked with a lot of chefs that are into Spanish and into Peruvian. So where I mean, where I'm working, I'm in a Spanish restaurant. The other restaurant where I'm working is a Peruvian restaurant. So naturally talking to all those chefs, I kind of pick up things and it just piques my interest. Other than that, it's pretty straightforward. Like those are the things I like, but there's also a lot of things like um, Japanese I'd love to get into. Right. It's a whole world out there, honestly. Oh. It, like food is culture. Every place has its own or with these sort of things, but there's so much. You so can't much. learn everything. You'd love to, but I mean, th- there's a reason why head chefs are all 40 plus years old because mm. they've had that time to really understand how to do everything. Makes sense. You know, yeah. it makes perfect sense there. Moving on to the next question that we have for you, sure. Mitch, asked by students is, how did you find a job? To find a job was pretty easy. I had friends that were chefs just from working in hospitality and they sort of pushed me in the right direction of where I could find a job if they couldn't give me a job. And they would introduce me to their friends. I got in touch with an apprenticeship agency, Mm -hmm. which helped with my apprenticeship because basically they would get in touch with the restaurants, move me there. Mm. And if I wanted to change places, they could do that really quickly. Whereas if I was by myself, I'd be kind of stuck in one place doing my apprenticeship there until the end of my three years. Right. Whereas that changing and learning different techniques and different styles of cooking was kind of, I think, very beneficial. So what was more important then? The fact that you had this network of friends or this agency in terms of helping you getting work placement or were they working both side by side in this case? Pretty much side by side. Like I've had job offers from friends of friends, but... Mm. Like so far, the agency has given me the most. Okay. And the places they've given me have been really good to me. So, yeah, great advice. So, for listeners out there, once again, it's so important that getting an apprentice agency will really help in terms of finding different opportunities for jobs. And it's almost, would you say it's mandatory or highly recommended in this case? I'd say it's highly recommended, but you can, you can always look for things yourself. And sometimes that's what a chef would want. If Mm. you come into the kitchen, Straight up, you to the head chef, shake his hand, give him your resume and say, hey, look, I'd like a job. They'd prefer that rather than getting that middleman of an agency. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's a bit of like a, they want to know your character. Fantastic. Great advice once again. Moving on to our next question that we have for you asked by students is, what is the most challenging aspects of the role? A lot of it, I'd say, would be really pushing through when you're under the pump. You get a lot of pressure. And you've really got to like quiet, you've really got to try and like quiet that and just like go through that. And everyone has their own ways of sort of dealing with it. Mm. I mean, I I love music. So listening to music while I'm working really helps. And that's, that gets me through a lot of things, staying calm and listening to the songs that I like. And one of the most challenging things, I guess, as well is just when you're under that pump, you're trying to do things too quickly and you might mess up a little bit. Mm. And then that can really kind of take its toll but um it's really just okay this is what we need done go and do it get it done don't worry about people yelling or people asking for this or that try and quiet that and just sort of keep going keep doing little bit by little bit mm. and then ev- eventually it'll be d- over yeah. and you'll be fine okay right and when this first happened to you when you had these kind of difficult situations apart from the fact that you're quite a calm person how did you emotionally react to that and how were you addressing this and coping with this uh, and in your first initial experiences that you had because i can imagine that this would have been quite new yeah i mean i'm not saying like uh like i'm super experienced or anything but mm. i guess it's kind of 
working hospitality, I, I understand that things can happen and if things aren't the way you want it, it'll be kind of really quite a lot of pressure on yourself. But I don't know, I guess it's um, something you pick up, something you kind of understand, but yeah. some people don't get it. Some right. people crack, some people, you know. Yeah, no, so curious to know, and I think it's really useful for listeners to know, what were some of your kind of coping mechanisms, or maybe not coping mechanisms, what were your methods to really address that stress, those situations? How did you get through those really tough times in the workplace environment? Well, that's a really tough question. I guess, like, after everything's done, trying to make a joke about everything. Or yeah, okay. Make it light of the situation. Yeah. 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 Just try and lighten things up a little bit. Everyone's going to be in a bad mood okay, right. after that. And yeah. then you'll kind of be like, all right, how do we turn this around? Yeah. Everyone's kind of bad. Fair enough. And I think end of the day, you're right. Like I think it's important even in any job, a stressful day, just to kind of detach and make light of it and realize it's work. Some and enthusiasm helps as well. Yeah. Or like after everything, just being like, well, we got through this. <laughs> we'll live for another day. Yeah. yeah. We, we know what can do better. And we'll do that better next time. But yeah. At least we're done. At least we're done. Yeah. yeah. You got through it. I think that's the main thing, right? So mm. getting through it every time because you have to yeah. is really <laughs> the motivating kind a of A lot coping. of it is like mental endurance. That's a big thing. Yeah. No, okay. Okay. Next question that we have for you, Mitch, is do you have good work-life balance? I feel I do. And that's kind of a part of where I'm working at at the moment. I know chefs that are working 60, 70-hour weeks and that's, to me, that's insane. But then I look at my timesheet and I'll do 60-hour weeks and I don't even think about it. When you're in the industry, you kind of make friends with people that are in the, in the industry. So you, you spend time with them outside of work. You kind of understand who they are as a person, not who they are at work. Everyone is different. You kind of see that as well. And it's more like you'll make incredibly great friends. Mm. You'll hate half the people you work with. That'll be those bad days and... Yeah. It's just, it's really good. Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, having a community of people from where you work as really good friends, I think that's such a great thing that you've experienced as well. And coming back to, you know, the work-life balance, you've got a good work-life balance. Is that also specific to the type of work you do as a chef or is that just, yeah, does that make sense? Like, I, I get that, yeah. Um, I think it's mainly where I'm working at the moment. I guess it makes it a lot easier to hang out with the people I work with. Outside of that, I still have time to see other people. I mean, I, it's good to have Sundays off, but most chefs don't get that, so then they won't be able to see people that are maybe having that nine-to-five, Monday-to-Friday work life. It really kind of does take a toll. You yeah. kind of really have to just be quite adaptable with everything and understand, but... It sounds like you've got a really good timetable right now and in very early in your career as well. How did you get that? Like, how did you get a kind of job that gives you that flexibility and work? What was the process in that? Just just to give an understanding to our listeners, you've got a great schedule, but how did you get that today? I wouldn't say I kind of pushed or worked for it. it was, it's kind of just how the restaurant is run and that'll be different for everywhere. Right. You know, if you, if you work at a, at a brunch place, you're going to be up every morning and they're going to need you on the busy weekends. Yeah. Because where I'm working, we're more of a nighttime restaurant. Our busy days are Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And they're the days that we're open. So that's really how it works. Sundays we're closed. Yeah. Sundays we get off. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Next question that we have for you is, is there good career progression opportunities in this industry? There is. Because you can really start where you want to. 
you're always going to have to start at the bottom. There's no cheats with this as well yeah. because it's really a skill-based industry. Like if you try and jump your role, you might stumble because obviously you're trying to just get that extra experience that you're not going to have. Right, yeah. And people call you out pretty quickly. Yeah, people can kind of see through it. Yeah. Like, But one of the good things is that with this industry, if you want to travel, you can get a job anywhere. But you just got to be ready for everything else that's going to come with that because other places, like aside from Australia, are kind of different. You know, the, if you've ever heard of like the stories of the um, European restaurants right. you'll be working 16 20 hour days right okay i'll only give you four hours off to go sleep for a bit and then that's it it's a completely different environment over there okay yeah. wow Dif- different world different everything it's insane was that an important aspect for you in terms of considering this role as a chef like the fact that you can travel and you get the opportunities to work anywhere and everywhere not so much but it's something that i've kind of had in the back of my head as i've sort of become qualified that there is that opportunity if i wanted to and even still, like, the career progression is straight up. It's basically, if you're self-developing yourself yeah. and you're happy with your skills and you're getting better at that, then you can feel comfortable working anywhere. Yeah, right. I like it. No, And coming back to yourself, Mitch, um, when it comes to career progression opportunities, you started at 24 years of age where you realised, hey, this is something you want to do. Now, looking beyond and looking forward, where do you want to end up in terms of your role as a chef in industry? Like, what's the kind of goal that you have in mind if there is anything, if you thought that far as well? I mean, it's it's honestly, it's not something that I've really thought too much about. A lot of it, I've said it before, a lot of it is like self-development and I like that sort of looking at myself three years ago and being like, okay, I can see how much I've made progress-wise and then how much am I going to make in the next three years kind of thing. Yeah, It's not like so much where I see myself, it's more where I see my skills at. But I don't know, I guess like going through all that, I guess the best thing would be having my own place eventually or running my own place. Mm which would be amazing, be a lot of stress, but I mean, you're going to have to take that on. Regardless, yeah. Yeah. Moving on to our next question that we have for you, asked by students is, and one of our most popular questions, uh, (laughs) without a doubt, is, is the pay rewarding? It's definitely livable. It's not the best, but I wouldn't say it's an industry you'd get into for the pay. At the moment, though, there are, like, there's a very huge shortage of chefs. And there are a lot of places that are raising their prices, offering better salaries, etc., just to sort of invite people in, which we kind of need. And that'll be better for everyone. Absolutely. And just to get into a little bit more detail about pay, because this is such a sensitive topic and it's really important for once again, people who are knowing that if they're investing their time in you know, those courses or doing an apprenticeship, what can they expect once they're actually working in industry? And I guess it, it varies across where you work as well. But if you had to give a bit of a ballpark based on your experiences, once you've entered industry, what can you expect maybe in that first year, once you finished, what are you earning and how does it progress from there basically? Like specific dollar values. Specific dollar values. Well, I guess when you start, you'd probably be around sort of 50 to 60K. You can kind of maybe push a little bit further, but a lot of places won't let you, like won't really negotiate that. Okay. But as I've said, there are places that are really desperate. So you can negotiate, you can sort of... Push here and there. Push here and there. It's It's more bigger companies, say hotels... There's really no negotiation because you already get a lot of uh, perks from just being at a place like that. Yeah. If you're in a small bar, you might be able to, like, you'll probably be a lot easier to negotiate something. Right. 
Okay, and starting off is for around 50 and 60, and you're saying it stays around 50 and 60 with Ooh. a little bit of flexibility, or does it progress based on years of experience, just for get an understanding? So skill-wise, your pay won't go up. It's just depending on where you are Ah, okay. for what the position okay. is, really. Yeah. And that, that'll just change for everywhere, really. Mm. But some places will pay by the hour. Some places will pay salary. Just depends. You just got to look for the place that you feel. And if you find a place that you really like, I feel like that's you could kind of take a little bit of a cut just to like that place. Right. Okay. So but that's you, personally for me. Yeah. And you might have to, yeah, you might take that cut, might compromise in, in those situations. Mm. Yeah. Makes sense. It's, uh, it's not so much an industry that you'd get into to make a lot of money, but it's something that you'd get into for the lifestyle and just the friends and the camaraderie and everything like that. That's fantastic. Did you know that before pursuing that journey at 24 years of age? Not particularly, but I guess my friends were chefs and I guess that kind of invited me in a little bit. And then meeting other chefs, seeing how passionate they are, how passionate I was, mm. you snowball. And then you can talk about, it's probably the same with any other industry. You'll talk about things that only you guys will understand. Yeah. People that are outside will be like clueless about. Clueless about, yeah. yeah. Wow, fantastic, Mitch. I like it. Great insights once again on a very sensitive topic. Last question that we have for you, Mitch, asked by students is, what is the most important skill needed as a chef? Common sense is a really big thing. Like, if you can sort of do things efficiently and work through that, that'll take you far. Another thing that could also help is just being consistent. Like, if you're consistent, you've got common sense, then chefs will love you. That's really simple but also very important based on your experiences, right? That mm. having that common sense, you've seen it firsthand, yeah. how much that can be of value. And anything else? Being eager to learn, like just try and humble yourself, be ready to soak things up like a sponge because people will give you so much knowledge straight mm. up mm. and if you shut that out, then you're really just hurting yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, you've spoken about two skills that are really relevant to any career role. And I, it's really great to hear because we hear so many similarities, whether it be a chef or a teacher, a geologist, an engineer mm. or an athlete. You know, these are really important skills that are not always talked about. Common sense, willingness to learn. They're very simple, very basic. It's a very wide range of... It is. It's so simple in its in, in essence, but so important once you are actually working in industry and being able to see it firsthand, the value it has. Absolutely. It comes down to character as well. Absolutely. No, that's really great to hear, Mitch. And that wraps up all our questions that we have for you today. Uh, Hopefully. Thank, thank you so much for being here, mate. For our listeners out there who have more questions for Mitch that did not feature on our list today and would like to connect with him, just visit our website, careerview.com.au. This is where you'll find Mitch's profile and you can send him more questions, which I'm sure he'll be happy to answer when he has some spare time on his Sunday. Yeah. And with every episode, please don't forget to submit the questions that you want to know, especially to young professionals who've been there and they've done it. Okay. So Mitch, before I let you go, one final quick question that I want to ask you is, do you have any advice for any students out there who are considering or thinking about becoming a chef? Um, you've already given some great insights already on based on some of the questions that I have here, but any kind of just final takeaway for anyone who is looking at this career path? Just be eager, be ready to learn. A lot of people will give you that knowledge just straight up. They're honestly, chefs are so honest and they want you to be better, but that's pretty much it. Mitch, thanks again and I uh, really appreciate you being here. Thank you.